Listen, there's a great work to be done. As soon as you win this court battle, you must deliver this message. Take advantage of this opportunity and declare a powerful message to this world. He expects more of us. He believes we can do more. Who's going to stop Christ? Who's going to stop Christ from getting this work done? This is Behind the Work. Welcome to Behind the Work. I'm Grant Turgeon. It takes time to build anything that is great. Anything worth building takes a lot of time. That was the case with Armstrong Auditorium, the crown jewel of our campus, the Herbert W. Armstrong College campus here in Edmond, Oklahoma. Back in 2008, when this building was under construction, it took a long time to really be able to see any progress. Philadelphia Church of God, Pastor General Gerald Flurry writes about this in the December 16th, 2008 co-worker letter. This was, again, the end of 2008. So he's looking back on really all of 2008 and all of the building that had been going on. He writes, for most of the year, construction efforts focused on the basement and foundational elements of the house for God. While progress was steady, it all happened below ground. Of course, as the Bible verifies, the foundation is the most critical element of any structure. So much work and energy was expended without much visible impact. Later on, he writes, God's house is rising out of the ground. Each piece of steel put in place gives a better vision of the dimensions of that magnificent building. God willing, construction should be completed in about a year. While that is spectacular in itself, I like to think about the spiritual temple that is growing out of the ground right now, that towers above any physical structure that men could build. The magnitude of God's spiritual house is beyond words, and it too is growing. That's what all of us, individually and collectively, are striving to build. God's spiritual house. In this coworker letter, again, by Mr. Flurry from December 16th, 2008, he talks about how responding to God's calling requires courage. Now, John 6, verse 44 says that only God the Father can call people into his one true church. Only he can open our minds to understand his truth. Now, of course, if we are humble, if we are childlike, if we are striving to study the Bible with an open mind, if we're ready to apply what we learn, even if it goes against what we've always believed, well, then, of course, that gives us a better chance for God to call us. But still, God chooses us. We don't choose to follow God. And God is the one who builds that spiritual foundation in our lives. Mr. Flurry writes, 
here in this coworker letter, the steel shell was being erected for the house for God. So that's after all of the underground work on the foundation of Armstrong Auditorium. And he writes, that auditorium is beginning to dominate the landscape in North Edmond. It can be seen for miles, and you can already imagine how grand and awe-inspiring that building will be. God wants to use that regal building to show where he is working and to point people toward his headquarters on earth. There is a monumental vision of the future wrapped up in that structure. You see, building for God takes time. The foundation is the most important part. And we have to have vision to see where it is all leading. Why are we expending so much energy and effort into a project like this? And again, it's not just about physical building. It's about the spiritual structure most of all. God's church, God's work, building that really expending the most time and effort into building that foundation first. We know what happens when a building doesn't have a right foundation. Either the whole building collapses or there are other severe problems that have to be dealt with many times. Sometimes the entire building has to be demolished so the foundation can be rebuilt. Mr. Fleury writes, God's work will continue to expand around the world. God will continue to open doors for us to reach the world. More laborers will be added. Some might fall away, but God will provide exactly what we need to finish this job. Amos 9 verse 11 reveals a big part of our mission today in God's work. Amos 9, verse 11, In that day will I raise up the tabernacle of David that is fallen, and close up the breaches thereof. And I will raise up his ruins, and I will build it as in the days of old. God's work is all about building. And the fact that there are ruins to raise is a tragedy. The fact that the Worldwide Church of God under Herbert W. Armstrong went astray after he died in 1986 and the entire work was destroyed. That's all the tragic reality that we're dealing with. And God is tasking his loyal people to rebuild it, to rebuild that massive worldwide work that reached many millions of people through television, radio, magazines, personal appearance campaigns, visits with world leaders, archaeology in Jerusalem, a renowned concert series in Pasadena, California. God's work was huge under Mr. Armstrong, and yet his rebellious successors destroyed it. And we have to come along and raise it back up. And just like with building Armstrong Auditorium, it takes a long time just to build the foundation, which all just comes from us obeying God, following his government, going through the open doors that God provides. 
to get this warning message out there to the world. It does take a lot of work and it does take a lot of courage to do that work, to actually obey God, even when we don't want to, even when we want to resist because it's hard for humans to admit we're wrong. God is seeing if we'll take action based on his truth. When he opens our minds, when he calls us, are we taking action individually, collectively to build for God? Now, like Mr. Flurry says, God does provide the workers to do his work, but also some will fall away. There's a warning about this in Daniel chapter 11. Daniel 11 verse 35 says, And some of them of understanding shall fall, to try them and to purge and to make them white, even to the time of the end, because it is yet for a time appointed. So it is for this end time that even some of understanding will fall. Mr. Flurry writes about this in his free booklet that you can get at thetrumpet.com. Daniel Unsealed at Last on page 80. Daniel Unsealed at Last, page 80. Now God directs his warning specifically to those doing the daily or to those doing the work of God. And he says, so even some of those who understand will fall. God is talking to the end time Philadelphians directly. You see, anyone could receive the truth, accept and respond to God's calling with courage, and then over time just quit building because maybe we're not seeing the results as fast as we want to. Maybe most of the work is going on underground, working on the foundation. And it's just discouraging not to see the results that we want to see right away. God says some people will stop doing God's work, stop obeying him, and turn away. Mr. Flurry continues here in Daniel Unsealed at Last on page 80. Should we be shocked if some leave? God says it will happen right up to the end. We are in a war, and in a war there are casualties. Will you be a casualty? It will happen even to the time of the end. He says, this is our moment. If we apply this instruction, we will perform exploits because we are in the sanctuary of strength. You see, we are in God's spiritual house, the sanctuary of strength. If we're obeying God, if we're part of the Philadelphia Church of God, if we're taking action based on God's calling, going beyond just listening to the message and seeing what we need to do about it. And when we're in that spiritual house of God, that sanctuary of strength, we are performing exploits. We're doing good deeds. We're building for God. That includes building a physical house for God. Armstrong Auditorium here in Oklahoma. We are building for God. We are fighting for God. Great results will come, even if sometimes it does take a little bit of time 
God promises to give us the results we seek if we just keep on steadfastly building. Galatians 6 verse 9 says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6 says, But this I say, he which sows sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which sows bountifully shall reap also bountifully. So we've transitioned a little bit from the building analogy to the planting analogy. But just like with building, the planting, the most important part of planting is going on underground. A foundation is crucial for the success of a building. The roots are crucial for the success of a plant. The health of the soil, nourishing the roots of the plant. We have to sow quality seed in God's work so that we can see strong plants grow and abundant fruits will be reaped. Now, Mr. Flurry continues here in this December 16th, 2008 coworker letter. We have absolutely reached the dawn of the wonderful world tomorrow. The event that Christ, that Christ said should be at the top of our prayer list. That day has almost arrived. Luke 21 verses 31 and 32 say, So likewise you, when you see these things come to pass, know you that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. Mr. Fleury continues, we are that close. We stand on the threshold of the return of our Savior and King. Then Luke 21, verses 34 through 36. And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life. And so that day come upon you unawares. For as a snare... Shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth? Watch you therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Each one of us has an individual responsibility to build for God, to fight for God, to plant for God to raise the ruins of God's work. That happens in our own personal lives where we have to watch world events and pray about prophecy being fulfilled. We have to stay alert to what is going on in the world and even what is going on in the church. The end time church rebellion after Mr. Armstrong died is a huge indicator that Christ is soon to return. In the meantime, there's a lot of building to do for God. Mr. Flurry writes in this coworker letter, don't allow the distractions of this world to divert your attention from God's work. There is no reason we shouldn't know exactly where we are in prophecy. But if we aren't careful, we too can be deceived like the rest of this world. 
and miss the signs of Christ's impending return. Satan makes every effort to distort, disrupt, or otherwise corrupt any interest someone might express toward the work of God. You see, that really does point us to the parable of the sower, which we'll get into in a few minutes. God does get his message out there. He does call many people, but few are chosen. Few people actually have the courage to respond to God's calling and back and support the work and enter God's one true church because it does require radical changes in our lives. Obeying God is contrary to everything we would naturally do. And so it takes courage to commit to that way of life. But the message is out there. We have to make sure we're letting that message take root in our minds and transform our lives. But also, as Mr. Flurry writes about, we have to be diligent so that God will help other people respond to that calling. He writes here in this coworker letter, we must pray that God not only protects that growing interest in this message, but that he compounds it and amplifies our ability to respond. More people are acting on the warning message we are proclaiming, and our ministers are busy meeting with them to discuss their future. As Christ also noted, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray you, therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. Luke 10, verse 2. Mr. Flurry writes, sadly, there are too few of us, and the harvest is ripe and increasing. This was a problem in Christ's day, and it continues in our time. Let's sacrifice and pray that God add more to our numbers so we can better reach those interested in God's message. So again, we've talked about building spiritually, but it's also about planting spiritually. God wants to harvest all mankind into his family, but we need laborers to bring in that harvest. We need people supporting God's work so that people have an opportunity to respond to God's calling. Mr. Armstrong gave an excellent World Tomorrow television broadcast on June 5th, 1979, titled The Parable of the Sower. The Parable of the Sower. And there's just really some amazing truth in this program. Now, again, like I said, John 6, verse 44, only God the Father can call us. But Mr. Armstrong gives us this warning. Prejudice is an absolute barrier to the truth. And if you're going to be prejudiced, you can't get the truth. If you're going to judge whether what you hear me preach is right or wrong, according to what is already in your mind, and judge it by your mind, your convictions, your ideas, well... You're going to say that I'm wrong, and you're going to be just as smug and satisfied about it, I suppose, as I don't know what. <laughs> You'll be perfectly satisfied, but you're going to find there's weeping and gnashing of teeth when you come into the judgment day. That's what you're going to find. Now, you better be sure, and you can be sure if it comes out of the Bible and if your mind is 
open. What a staggering warning from Mr. Armstrong. If we try to decide based on the five senses, based on our own human reasoning, whether God is right, well, of course we're going to think that he's wrong. God has to open our minds. God has to plant the truth in our minds. Mark 4 has the parable of the sower, and we'll just talk about that briefly. Mark 4. Now, an interesting part about the parables of Jesus Christ were that they were meant to conceal the meaning from the masses. Christ had to explain the parables later on to his disciples or else they could never have understood. So notice Mark 4, starting in verse 3. Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow, and it came to pass as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And some fell on stony ground, where it had not much earth. And immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. That's Mark 4, verses 3 through 7. It shows the many ways that seeds can fail to take root in the ground and produce beautiful plants with fruit. There are many ways seeds can be basically aborted, where they don't produce anything. But then Mark 4, verse 8, And other fell on good ground, and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased, and brought forth some thirty and some sixty and some a hundred. Mr. Armstrong writes, or he said in this World Tomorrow broadcast, The Parable of the Sower, And you'll notice, my friends, there is some doing. If there was no doing and just accepting and believing Christ, there wouldn't be any such thing as persecution and tribulation. There wouldn't be any such thing as enduring. You wouldn't have root in yourself to endure, depth of character, and everything that this shows. This shows that there is some struggle. There is some effort. There is some development of character. There is growing in grace and in knowledge to produce fruit and to get into the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus shows when he explains the parable in plain language. But the multitudes didn't understand then, and they don't understand today. Now, Christ did, like I said, explain this parable to his disciples just a little bit after this. Mark 4, verse 14, starting in verse 14, the sower sows the word. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, 
and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lusts of other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Okay, so Christ explains this very nicely. Mark 4, verses 14 through 19. You see, it's, it's very easy to hear God calling us, but not respond for various reasons and not endure for various reasons. Satan could devastate us immediately. Like we're hit by a train the moment that we start to really listen more to God. And we think, well, I don't want to be any part of that. I just faced hard trial the second I started really paying attention to what God had to say. Satan can intervene quickly. But there's also some who let the truth start to sink in a little bit more. And then they just quit. They just don't have the toughness to keep going and making changes like they need to. And then, of course, there are those who are caught up in the world, in materialism. And those worldly pleasures become idols that choke out the truth. Mr. Armstrong says, You have to believe Christ's message to be saved. You have to accept the word of God to be saved and let it take root in your life and bring forth fruit unto life eternal out of the very word of God and regard it as the word of God with authority. Now they accept the word and accept it, the word, and bear fruit because they live by every word of God and it bears fruit in their lives, living according to it. Now, some more than others, some 30-fold, some 60, some 100, and there will be differences in the kingdom of God in position. It's all about the fruits. It's all about building for God, planting for God, growing for God, individually, but also collectively, rallying around God's man, helping deliver God's message. We have to let God's truth grow in our lives and change the way we live to where we are dedicated to getting God's work done. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Behind the Work. You've been listening to Behind the Work. Email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for a new episode each Monday at 12 p.m. Central Time 